0: Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Saturday night. Believe it or not, we're towards the tail end, if you will, of December 2023. And uh, we are going to have no interruptions on Building Fortunes Radio because Building Fortunes Radio for this radio show with Scott Johnson is on a Saturday night. We do this every Saturday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And Christmas is on a Monday and Christmas Eve, then, is on a Sunday night, which means that's not a Saturday. So we're going to be able to do this radio show every weekend for the rest of the year. Either Well, we'll do it live. And uh, you'll be able to listen to previous ones if you wanted to. If you go back to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Scott-Johnson. So I said his name a couple of times, Scott Johnson. And the way this whole thing got started many years ago was um, I was uh, looking at a website called seekingalpha.com. And SeekingAlpha.com was and still is a website that talks about publicly traded companies in general. And as I was, whatever, I don't remember why I looked at that, but I was on SeekingAlpha.com Herbalife, which is a publicly traded company for a long period of time, was being attacked, if you will, by Bill Ackman and the FTC, and a whole bunch of other people, and I was kind of looking at that, and I was reading some of the comments about that, and there was a gentleman named Roger Van Vlissingen who was writing some very critical comments about uh, this MLM company called Herbalife, and I have to share with you, people that analyze stocks, they do research. Unlike YouTubers, They do gossip and trash talking or just talking because their mouth has to move and they think they have to say something. But on the SeekingAlpha.com website, Roger Van Vlissingen was making a lot of very logical criticisms about Herbalife and MLM in general. So I called Roger and I said, hey, we're doing this radio show. Would you like to be on this? And we started to do a couple of radio shows. He brought some guests. And they actually um, invited a gentleman named Robert. Uh, Fitzpatrick on this as well, because I said something about Fitzpatrick, and they said, we know him, we can get him on the radio show, so he's here on a radio show as well. And anyway, so I had uh, Scott uh, uh, Roger Van Blissagen on, Scott Johnson called me up, and I didn't know who Scott Johnson was, but i take lots of calls, Scott had called me up, it was Labor Day, and uh, that meant like nobody else was calling, because they thought we were off, and Scott was, it was a Monday, so we had a chance to be able to have a nice conversation, and Scott kind of said, hey, listen, I listened to that radio show, and there's something a lot of people are forgetting or never mention or just don't even think about. And, of course, I said, Scott, what's that? And he said, it's the tool scam associated with MLM. So we've been – and Scott's going to introduce that in a second. But the reality was is we started to do our radio shows about the tool scam, and unbeknownst to me when I had that first call with Scott – um, I said, Scott, you know, just like everything else, I mean, we could run a couple of radio shows about tools, but I don't know how many we'll do. We'll just kind of give it a whirl, see how it goes. This is an inter- interesting conversation. It has some great value. Um, but then as we started to do this, Bill Ackman was really going after Herbalife, and FEMA was being shut down by the FTC, and Seeking Alpha, um, I'm sorry, uh, BehindMLM.com was pretty active with uh showing stuff and you can probably google alert just about anything else and we started talking about a lot of things and this has become one of our longest running radio shows sometimes we do the show ourselves uh, which I thoroughly enjoy because I get a chance to do some research and be prepared for doing a radio show like this. Sometimes we have a guest, which is always kind of cool because we like to have other people's opinions. And sometimes we've had attorneys and we've had other people that were distributors, either current or ex-distributors, and it's been a real good thing. And I think we, um, we had David Poole here twice, uh, and David's an uh, anti-MLM guy with an open mind and serious questions about some stuff. And uh, we almost had him here again tonight, but I'm going to let Scott kind of explain all that sort of stuff, and uh, we're going to continue on with Building Fortress Radio. So, Scott Johnson, thanks for being here on your own radio show.
1: Hey, Peter. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, David was planning on being here, and then a few minutes ago uh, I got a, a text from him saying that he uh, something popped up and he he wasn't able to make it. So, and, and you know, we've had him on every other week for the past uh, two visits that he's had because he was on. And then the next week um, he had a, a company Christmas party and then he was here last week and we thought we were going to get him again this week, but we'll have to go to next week probably um, to have him back or some week in the future. doesn't really matter. Um, but we had, a, like you said, we had a good conversation. You know, it, it was a conversation where he had a lot of I would say differing opinions Um, and uh, I I think we were able to explain things so that he could understand better. Um, I don't think I've learned a whole lot from him because I've been through this quite a bit with a lot of people, Um, so I I almost know what questions they're going to ask, and I don't think anyone has studied particularly Amway um, more than I have. Uh, I'm not aware of anybody, so... um, Anyway, that's yeah, that's kind of what happened with this evening. And it's fine. We uh always have a backup plan. We always, you know, keep track of what's going on during the week and talk about some new things and, and I'll just like we normally do <clears throat> excuse me on this show, is towards the beginning, particularly for the new listeners, um, the the two big problem areas that I see with MLM because i would say i think you would say also you know we're pro mlm if it's done right and we're anti mlm if it's done wrong and i think the extremists on both sides when you say that their heads explode you know the, the pro mlmers say well there's no way you could do mlm wrong you know and and the uh, anti mlmers say well there's no way you could do it right so 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 we're kind of this this small minority i think <clears throat> but i think both of us are very well educated in in MLM, and that's different than most people, whether they're pro or anti-MLM. They they know their own perspective, but they don't know much else. Uh, They don't know many other facts that fill out the picture, and so they get into this rut of, you know, this is my thinking, and I'm rigid, and I'm not going to move, and that's just the way it is. And and that's unfortunate, because that shows that you cannot think. Um, And and it happens on both sides, both pro and anti. Um, So the two big problems, you mentioned the tool scam, um, that's where, particularly in Amway, and I was in Amway for a dozen years before I found out about the tool scam, and then I was in for another four years, I was not participating in the tool scan, but I was trying to figure out a way of, uh, having a legitimate Amway business. And what happened during those four years is I slowly began to understand, um, that Amway is not a victim. They're in on it. And so at every turn I was frustrated. And eventually after about four years, I said, you know, um, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um, you know, Amway is obviously interested in supporting the big pins, not, me this little guy and so I'm just gonna um I don't like to quit things and so I decided I'm just gonna act up and then when they kick me out I'll be very happy um and so that did happen I won't go into those details here um I'm, I'm happy to talk about it I just didn't want to take up the whole show talking about that <clears throat> um so Anyway, I got kicked out after four years, so if you want to count it, it as 16 years uh, total in Amway, and I was actually, especially towards the end, the last couple of years, I was more of an undercover spy than anything else, because as I realized that Amway was in on it, I really got curious about different things that were going on, and I knew I could get more information from the inside than from the outside, um, and, and I did. Uh, Particularly with the business opportunity rule, which came up in 2006, which was one year before, um, or actually two years, let's see, no, three years, three years actually before um, I I did get kicked out. Uh, But during that process of 2006 and seven and eight, I I learned a lot of things. Um, Mainly, again, that Amway is in on it; that they're not this innocent victim by any means Um, and and so I felt that I had what I needed and I knew that I wasn't going to get anywhere so you know why keep hitting my head against the wall was was kind of how I figured it out. So anyway um, you mentioned the tool scam and that's where the upline in Amway and some other MLMs like Herbalife and I'm sure there's others um, but Amway is the one that I found has the most profitable tool scam of anybody. Uh, now I may not be aware of one that's even more extreme, but again, I'm not aware of it, so I can't talk about it. Um, I, I would love to if I found out somebody was, you know, more jacked up in their tool scam than Amway. That would be interesting. Um, but anyway, it, it, it's not just the money. In fact, it's not the money um, that they make. I, I don't have any problem with people making money, but they need to do it legally and, and morally and ethically. And what happens with Amway, it isn't the money that they're making from the tools. It's the fact that they pretend that their success comes from Amway and they lie by omission um, that they make most of their money from the tools. And, and that's what I find, you know, very um yeah, I guess you could, I, you could call a lot of different things. I think it's illegal. I think it's Rico fraud, you know, it, at least business fraud, because when you misrepresent where you make most of your money from a business, then you're essentially committing fraud. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but that's what I find very distasteful about the the Amway tool scam, as I refer to it. Um, and, and what we're talking here is, you know, when we were in, it was books, tapes, and functions. Well. Technology has moved on. Um, They still have books, and they sell them at full uh, cover price. They probably buy them for one quarter to one third of what's on the cover. Um, And you can call any bookstore and get a price of a book and then say, well, how much for a case, how much for 10 cases? You can see for yourself how rapidly the price comes down. Um, But then when they sell them to their distributors, it's full cover price. So they make a lot of money on the books. Um instead of cassette tapes there 's now mostly uh m p three and m p four uh downloads uh, there 's phone apps where you play all these recordings they charge for that they charge for things like voicemail website access and um, various size meetings there there 's small medium and large meetings that They really make a lot of money at that as well. But this is all together. I mean, this is all these different things are profit sources. And on my websites, and I'll give you my uh, Facebook page so that you can see the links to my three websites, um, the link to this radio show, my YouTube channel, and my email. And if you go to Facebook.com slash Scott Tex Johnson, that's S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word, um, you'll see all that. And on those websites, you'll see examples of people who got kicked out when they were at a very high level and they start talking, they start saying, Hey, my Emeralds and above made four to five times more from the tools than they, than they did from Amway. Uh, another guy gets on there and says, I was making almost a million dollars a year from Amway and eight to $10 million a year from the tools. And and those are typical of what you'll see. Um, Some people say, well, I I quote, unquote, only made twice as much from tools as from Amway. But think about that. That's two-thirds of your income that you're not talking about. And where it gets really squirrely is when you earn a particular pin, like a diamond pin, um, everyone knows, you know, the average uh, profit of a diamond it 's you know in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty thousand plus you know if you have a big diamond ship that 's more um, but uh, a lot of these diamonds uh, they qualified at one time as diamonds, but then they fell backwards and My own diamond told me that 's exactly what happened to him he He said after a year or two, I was an emerald, um, but I kept wearing my diamond pin, and he was making at least twice as much from the tools as he was from Amway, and so he could have the lifestyle of a diamond even though he wasn't a diamond, and, and that's another layer of this that, you know, I think the FTC needs to wake up a little bit and understand that it's not just people are losing money that are paying into it, and it's not just that people are making massive amounts of money and lying about it, lying by omission, but they're actually also misleading their downline because if, if the tool scam money wasn't there, then these, these uh, former diamonds that are still wearing their diamond pins would have to go get a job. And that would really wake people up, you know, if diamonds had to have a job again because they went back in their business volume. Um, and, and so it's just very deceiving, extremely deceiving uh, when, when you start to consider all of the different aspects that are going on here. Um, So that's the tool scam. Not all MLMs have tool scams, but, you know, with Amway, it's huge. It's um, really something that the FTC should pay attention to. The only thing that the FTC has said publicly, and I think this was, golly, I want to say it's going on either two or three years ago now. I think it's three years ago. One of the FTC commissioners uh, made a statement that he's actually a former commissioner now. uh, Phillips was his name. But he made a comment that the FTC is going to start looking at the overhead costs. Um, typically, what MLMs put out is the the gross profit. You know, in other words, how much money did you make from the MLM? There's nothing in there that talks about. Um, and When I say there's nothing in there. To, Things like the income disclosure, uh, things like when you're presenting the business to people, um, nobody talks about the overhead, um, and, and it's it's significant, and and so that's something that he said they're going to start paying attention to. I haven't seen much action since then. And I think it's I think it's a little bit over three years. It's at least two years ago. Uh, it was in October, and and so you know the the FTC talks but they don't do much. Um, and so so and, and the other thing is they need to turn their their telescope or their their microscope around and look through the other ends because it's not just the overhead costs to the downline, it's this massive profit to the upline and all of the problems with that how they can pretend to be a diamond or a double diamond or whatever but they're really not Bringing that in from Amway. They're bringing most of it in from the tools. Uh, in fact, I have a, I had a really interesting experience this past week. I was reading, and he's been a guest on this show. Uh, his name is Sean Munger, and we had him on here. He's a historian by, by, uh, trade. He, that, that's what he does. He's got a law degree, so he knows how to analyze things. And, and uh, he did a, a video, I guess a year or so ago, about the tool scam and the sort of the history of it. Um, He wasn't so much interested in describing, you know, the morality or legality or ethics of it. It's just that, hey, how did this thing come along? Um, It's a very good video. You can go on YouTube and, you know, search for uh, Sean Munger Amway. I'm sure it will pop up on YouTube. And he spells his name uh, S-E-A-N, Sean and m-u-n-g-e-r munger but he also has a substack uh, website and i was reading there's three stories on there about amway part one two and three if you go to sean munger history dot substack dot com you'll find the three amway stories and and the third one i was looking at the sources and one of the sources on there is a dissertation. A woman who, who uh, is, was from Western Michigan wrote a dissertation in 1985, um, which was an interesting time in Amway. It was before my time. I started in 93. But in 1985, a lot of things had happened in the previous uh, five years. Everything from you know, the FTC uh, lawsuit against Amway, the whole uh, Canadian... Thing with the, you know, the, 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 uh, what do you call the taxes, customs? There was a big controversy over that, and we ended up paying about fifty million dollars. They pled guilty both criminally and civilly to the country of Canada for cooking the books, basically. And so, and so, and also they were on 60 minutes and there was, you know, a lot going on between 1975, 1979 and 1980. And, um, this dissertation is really interesting. It's actually the first source, um, on this part three of three that Sean wrote these, uh, stories about. And, um, I'm about I think a little more more than halfway through it, and it's really good. Um, I, I never thought about doing a Google search for um, Amway and dissertations, but I found a, a second dissertation that I haven't read yet, and I think it was in uh, 2019, so it's much more recent. And again, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know all what's in there. Um, but this is some really good sources um, of people that have done pretty good research, you know, when you get to be your, your doctorate dissertation, you do some pretty deep diving as far as research. And what really impressed me about this 1985 dissertation uh, is that this was before the internet. And so, you know, the, the sources available to people before the internet were much more limited. And And she did a really good job. Her name is uh, Carolyn uh, Juice. Juth- Dash Gavasso and unfortunately she passed away in the mid 90s and and she wasn't that old of a person. I think she had some health problems Um, and so she passed away in her 40s or 50s. I would have loved to have um, you know been able to contact her and and talk about things Uh, but she's not available unfortunately. Um, But anyway I, I just wanted to mention that because it was just a really and I'm not done yet. It's a really well done dissertation. I'm looking forward to the other one that I found and maybe there's others out there that, um, you know, that I can dig up and and learn some things. I definitely learned some things from this dissertation and we can talk about that on a future show. Um, nothing earth shaking, but just some of the, you know, sort of the things that build up and then you Find out what the end result was, but you don't see all of the things that happened leading to that uh, and that's what she did a really good job of in this dissertation. It's like three or four hundred pages it's not It's not easy reading as far as you know you have to you have to go through it and read a lot of words before you get down to you know the stuff that you're looking for, but it it's still a very well done paper um So anyway, that's the tool scam, and and in fact, one of the places, I just finished reading this part of it a few minutes ago, um, there was a lawsuit in Ohio back in the, I think it was the early 1980s, and they dug up information that uh, one of the distributors, Amway distributors, was making $59,000 a year, which was probably back in that time an emerald. It could have even been a diamond. Um, but anyway fifty nine thousand dollars a year they were making five hundred thousand dollars a year from the tools, so we 're talking you know close to ten times um, and that 's only the second one that i 've come across where there 's a very definitive statement that they were making on the order of ten times more from the tools versus amway and uh, i don 't know exactly what happened in this lawsuit. I think I haven't finished that part of the dissertation yet, Um, but it's unfortunate, right, because now we're here in 2023 still talking about the tool scam. What what I haven't heard anyone talk about or write about is what I mentioned earlier where, okay, they're making a whole lot more money from the tools, but no one has said, well, yeah, but they're pretending that they're making their success from Amway. Um, and, And by the way, when they go down in pin size, um, they can still have the lifestyle of the pin they're wearing uh, because of the tool scam money coming in. But again, it's a big lie. And and that's the one thing I haven't come across yet um, that people haven't sort of gotten to that level in their analysis to understand really how bad this thing is. Because it's one thing to make money. It's another thing to mislead others on how you're making your money. Because you're trying to bring people into the Amway business or another MLM, and, and you're just lying to them, where you're making your profit from, um, and, and I just find that really dishonest, and and I I believe it's illegal, you know. I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer, but geez, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it takes to to uh, look at something like this and go, hey, that's breaking the law, that's fraud, that's business fraud. Um, So anyway, I'll stop there with the tool scam. The the other big problem, which is either universal or nearly universal, and we can talk to David about this again uh, in more depth next week, because I think some of the insurance MLMs do have um, retail sales, you know, sales to people who are not part of the MLM compensation plan. That's the definition of a retail sale. Now, you don't make retail sales to your downline. Okay, that's that's considered internal consumption. And, of course, retail sales are external consumption. And you have to show free market demand in order to have a situation where you have a legitimate business versus anything that would be similar to a, um, a situation with, um, you know, a, a pure play, no product, pyramid scheme. You know, we're talking chain letters, airplane games, uh, gifting schemes, all those kinds of things that have happened over the decades. And, and people can Google those terms if they're not familiar with them um, and, and understand what that means. Um, but when there's a lack of retail sales, then what you have is, again, an illegal pyramid. In this case, it includes products or services. But if there's not much free market demand, in other words, customers, then it's an illegal pyramid just like those other things. Um, and, and that's another unfortunate thing that the FTC apparently has not caught to yet. So, um, so that's the two big things, right? The, the lack of retail sales resulting in an illegal pyramid. Um, and I have to say that there's no law that requires a minimum of retail sales, unfortunately. Um, but when When the FTC has settled with companies like Vima and Herbalife back in 2016, they pretty much said if you can sell to customers as much as you consume in your own household, and everybody does that across the board, and we know not everyone's going to, right? Um, But let's say 80% of the distributors can meet that bar um, or a little bit more, then the overall company volume would be, 50% or more being sold to customers. That's what I can't find in any MLM. Um, I'm sure there's individuals within MLMs that do that, but it has to be across the whole MLM. It can't just be somebody that is a really good salesperson or they live in a very high cost of living area, you know, which makes selling easier. Uh, Those kinds of things are unique to individuals. What we need to see is, the overall retail sales. And, and by the way, the FTC does look for that. Um, they just don't do a very good job of interpreting it. Um, and, and the case in point here is the Niora lawsuit where the FTC claimed Neora only had 1% retail sales. And as it turns out, now that we have the, the decision from the judge after waiting for almost a year, I think it was to get, to get it, um, is, is that, Niora had a label for people that paid full retail price. They would call that a retail sale. But if you were a preferred customer that paid anywhere less than a full retail price, that the FTC did not consider that a retail sale. And, of course, they're wrong, and the judge told them they were wrong. Um, And and so, you know, Niora was able to show the judge that they had anywhere from 60 to 80% of their products going to customers Uh, now i have some concerns about that and i won't get into details again because of time limits Um, but anyway neora won in court and now the ftc is you know licking their wounds and and by the way guess who pays for um the uh the ftc's legal bills it's me and you um the ftc was also told they need to pay neora's legal bills so guess who pays for those? Me and you, US citizens. That's our income taxes at work. And and so, you know, there's some personal stuff here too when it comes down to, you know, wasting taxpayer dollars. So, um so so basically if an F, if an MLM has 50% or more of its of its stuff, you know, whether it's Products and/or services going to customers who are not part of the compensation plan, then that would be considered a legitimate MLM. Uh, I, I think both of us would call that doing MLM right. It would be a legitimate MLM business. Um, I just can't find one. I, I think maybe there are, there might be some insurance MLMs out there. They don't share their numbers very widely, so it's hard to tell. Um, and, and I would want to dig into it more anyway, just because. Uh, lying is so endemic in the MLM world that I, would, I wouldn't just take a figure from a, from a company. I'd say, you know, let's, let's look at this a little bit more and let me ask a few questions and that sort of thing to be comfortable with the claim. So, so anyway, that's the two biggies, lack of retail sales and tool scams. Um, not that there aren't other things going on, but any company, you know, MLM or not mlm is not perfect because it's, it's run by people. And people are not perfect. Um, you know, whether they're breaking laws or just bending the rules, it's going to happen. Um, but those are the two big ones. Those are the two major things. And, um, you know, if you don't fix those things, you can fix everything else and very little. Whoops.
0: Scott went away. Scott, Scott, Scott. You went away, Scott. Let's go see. Oops. Scott, Peter's here. Yep, okay, you're back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know gone. what happened. I was just, I was I just talking. We were, to...
0: I think this platform might be having a little bit of a problem. They started having a problem on Friday. so um, But you're okay now.
1: Okay, yeah. I did notice some of the lead-in announcements. Um, you know, we usually no, hear just, the announcement.
0: You no, you were gone for just like a minute. So yeah, I, I
1: mean, I mean the, the pre-show, I noticed that usually the, the woman says um, the show will start in five minutes. But sometimes all I heard was five minutes. So I kind of thought something was a little bit different. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's some inside baseball stuff um, that only us and our guests know. Um, So I I was pretty much done. I I just wanted to uh, go over those two things and and see if you had any comments, and then we can get into uh, what we want to talk about this week.
0: All really good information as usual, so a good recap. So retail sales are important retail sales being, you know, sales made to people that aren't part of the compensation and they don't have to be, you know, a huge percentage, but they have to be a considerable percentage. And then also the idea that there's some profits being made from the tools associated with companies and some distributors don't know that. So, um, and Amway is obviously one of the first companies that started the tools business, but there's a lot of other ones as there's been a lot of network marketing companies that are basically spun off by Amway distributors. So they kind of brought their bad behaviors or bad practices with them wherever they go. But Amway is certainly the biggest one relative to that stuff. Okay, so where do you want to get started relative to um, any other topics?
1: Yeah, um, I, I guess the thing to do is to go to our favorite website, com. unless you had something um, in the front of your mind that you wanted to cover this week.
0: Um, well, there's a couple of things. First, um, a little philosophy that I've developed over time um, that basically goes like this. Unless I know all the variables, any conclusion I draw might be wrong. Or if there's a lot of, it, unless I know all the variables, any conclusions I draw are probably wrong. One of the things that I learned, we were talking before the radio show, is when I was working with Electrolux, when I was, when I was working with Electrolux in the field, meaning a distributor or what's called a sales rep. Um, I had my own thoughts or ideas of what I was told by my managers of why the company did things. And some of the things that I agreed with and some of the things made no sense to me. Then I had the good fortune of promoting myself through performance to being an area VP. And the closer I got to the corporate stuff, the more I realized the other side of the equation. Like this is why they do those things. And I'd say there's a very big gap in communication between what corporate does or thinks versus what the sales reps are being told. And this communication gap is a big issue. So I'm going to do everything I can as an area VP To better communicate with the sales force so they understand some of the things that are going on and some of the reasons why so that communication gap is something that's important now if you have a brain of average intelligence or better that might make sense to you Um, if you're a youtuber and you're trying to get clicks or whatever or you're just plain stupid, you might never be able to actually understand or accept that because your brain doesn't work that way. You're just stupid. And I say this, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm calling, like, in the generic you, if you can't figure that out, then you are probably stupid. And the thing that I've learned about stupid people is they don't like to be called stupid. (laughs) <laughs> so the the reason why I say this is because some of our favorite YouTubers, they go out and they make YouTube things and they say the stupidest thing, the stupidest thing, Scott, like the stupidest things I have ever heard. And it's like, okay, there's two things going on here. Number one, they don't know all the variables, so they're drawing the wrong conclusions. And number two, they're just stupid. Like they are really this is something that you can't even go to Google. I was going to Bard dot Google dot com a little bit early. That's Bard. I uh, Bard B A R D dot Google dot com is Google's artificial intelligence, and I was trying to figure out what percentage of the population has an IQ rating of less than one hundred, and it kept on saying to me, "Well, that's really not a fair question. That information could be somewhat." used against different people, and that's judgmental. I'm like, what the fuck? I just asked what the percentage was. I didn't need the fucking lecture. So the reality is, is like everybody's maybe trying to protect stupid people. I'm not. If you're stupid and you know you are, like realize your limitations and don't make YouTube videos. But I just had to kind of say that because some of the things that we'll read coming forward on behind MLM and I'm going to use one example specifically in a second as well as other ones are sometimes based on people drawing conclusions not knowing all the facts so I'll kick off the first article there's a company called transact card now I am just so you know I am not defending nor endorsing nor blasting transact card And the reason why is because I don't know all the variables, so any conclusion I draw is probably wrong. But to give you guys a little bit of a backdrop, Transact Card is the brainchild of a guy who attempted something like Transact Card three separate times or two separate times and failed at each one. That by itself doesn't make him a bad guy. I think um, based on what I think I know – um, he 's just bad he 's just like a bad businessman, so the reality was probably a nice guy, but nice guys everybody could be a nice guy, but or gal, but the reality is just a bad businessman, probably over promises um, so the reality is a gentleman named Richard Smith started Transact card and was over his head again because he couldn 't pull off whatever he was supposed to pull off and what transact card is supposed to be basically is a debit card that you can use and your credit card company takes a certain percentage off every swipe could be 3%, could be whatever, like the vendor that, um, like if, if you bought a hundred dollars from me, I'm only C96. And you say, where did the other $4 go, Peter? Well, the other $4 went into all the people that charge fees. So what if you could be, all the other people that charge the fees, wouldn't that be kind of cool? So wouldn't it be cool if you could get paid on 4% of every $100 or a portion of that? That's like a pretty good deal. And banking is big business. Well, what Richard Smith did with Transact Card is made some concocted story about how people are going to be able to figure out how to get a percentage of those swipes. So that might be pretty cool, right? Who would be against that? Then he said, and by using this and facilitating this, for every swipe of that card that you use, you'll be able to basically get a Z-Buck. Don't ask me why they call it a Z-Buck, but they said it was a Z-Buck. And you're going to get two-for-one Z-Bucks and be able to take Z-Bucks, which is, might as well be called Richard's Money, Richard's Dollars. They call it just Z-Bucks. This artificial dollars, which is going to be a little bit like a rewards, but they'll build a mall of sorts, and you'll be able to buy real stuff that you'd normally really buy from your Z-Bucks store. So it was a great concoction. He could never pull it off. He tried it two or three times before then. So theoretically, I come into this thinking negatively, but I always have to remember my rule. Unless I know all the variables, any conclusion I draw is probably wrong. So they kind of screwed up. They couldn't get it done. They they lost their bank. Like, uh-huh, like, is anybody surprised? Like, certainly I'm not. But just recently they had a situation where, and this is on behind MLM, so we're going back to that website, where they say they had a bank, and although they didn't put it in writing, I believe, here's what I know, Richard Smith stepped away as a corporate officer, but went back into the field so people wouldn't be distracted by his history, Um, but the guy who took over, and I won't mention the names because I don't think he wants me to mention the names, although you could probably find it out on your own, is supposedly a really good guy that's doing a lot of really good things and has a lot of really good integrity. And I take this based on people that I speak to. He, you know, he righted the ship and actually fixed all the problems, and he mentioned the company name. And all of a sudden, like bazillions of Transact car distributors called that bank, which is the new bank, that they didn't officially – tell people what the new bank's name was but they went out and told the new bank or they said the name and as soon as they do that everybody's going to be calling the bank are you really uh, doing business with transact card and uh, calling the ftc or calling whatever did you know that this is the bank that they were using so in essence the typical clusterfuck that usually happens with massive amounts of very maybe well-meaning or ill-meaning people that are going to just work in massive action and now all of a sudden you know there's letters coming out saying we didn't do it we're not doing any business with these things and the answer is i don't know so i don't know most people don't know and most and certainly oz or whoever's writing for oz doesn't know so they're making conclusions based on variables that they don't know which means they're probably many of them wrong so i am not sticking up for transact card I am not defending transact card. I am not throwing transact card under the bus because no one knows. The only people that really know are probably a select few number of people at the bank and or at the company, and who knows if it's real. I don't want to give you my percentages, you know, whether it's real or not. It ain't looking good. I mean, anything like this usually doesn't look very good, but because I don't know all the details, I can't say one way or another. I could just basically say, I'll sit on the sideline and I'll be able to kind of look and find out. Now, I just kind of gave you by philosophy, uh, unless I know all the variables, any conclusion I draw is probably wrong, gave you an application to that relative to a headline, like we're gonna read uh, other headlines in Behind MLM and other ones like this, and then also watch the people that certainly don't either understand or agree with my philosophy shoot their mouth off, about what they know about whatever's going on with any particular company. And this exemplifies, I probably gave you a little bit more of a sophisticated answer in my criticism towards many of the YouTubers that are the anti-MLMers because they are just, take what I just said and add stupid and then there you go for many of the anti-MLM YouTubers that are out there. So uh, I just wanted to say that, Scott, because... It's a it was a great example, it's heavy on my mind. It's a conversation I just had today with somebody who's trying to I'm gonna I'm not gonna say sell me on Transact Card but basically say, Listen, you don't know all the facts and I know this to be true because when Zeke Rewards one time <laughs> they they announced their first red carpet event was gonna be at the country club at a local golf place that held 300 people. So Zeke Rewards was this monster, if you will, like things going crazy. And they mentioned that it was going to be like limited seating, and they had 10,000 people easy on every conference call. It was the craziest thing in the world. Every conference call, 10,000 and more people who would pack out at 10,000, they were three weighing. 10,000 conference call lines onto 10,000 packed conference call lines. It was absolutely insane. But when they mentioned the name of the golf resort, everybody, it seems, at Zeke Rewards called the golf resort place for directions to see if they can get in, to see if they could book a hotel there. The poor golf pro, who was the only guy that answered the phone, I, I'm telling you, the guy went nuts. He just went nuts. He couldn't handle the amount of crazy volume, stupidity that was going on. It was insane. So MLMers are a little bit like if you've ever watched a bait fish in the ocean being eaten by a shark, you know, or being eaten by other fish. If you ever watch that chaos that happens, that's kind of like what happens with MLM many times as well as other things. So as we go through these different things, realize that we don't know everything, we don't know all the facts, neither does the person maybe writing the article, so you have to kind of look at this. So I'll give you our best guess, our opinions, or our experiences. But I just wanted to kind of mention that, Scott, because I, I needed to combine that story with some of the other things. Before we got started on the show, I watched a recently released video by one of those always stupid MLMers or anti mlmers and I couldn't I couldn't listen to him for more than a minute or two before I said, "Can anybody really be this stupid? Like, can can anybody really be this stupid? Like, you, you're so stupid, you don't even realize you're so stupid, relative to the videos and the, the way he was speaking." So I'll stop my ramble. And I'll throw this back to you.
1: And I think I know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> and, and and to go back to your. Um, your discussion about how, you know, the the things that happen at the top of an organization don't make their way down. Um, it, it, it happens in MLM, direct selling. It also happens in regular companies. You know, regular companies withhold a lot of information from their employees. Um, it, you know, governments withhold a lot of information. Uh, in fact, I had a, a, a personal experience recently In in the near future, I'll be able to talk about this in more detail, Um, but a fairly high-level person in a city that I'm very familiar with um, was doing things like uh, not showing up to work more than 10 to 15% of the time, Um, just making inappropriate sexual harassment-type comments on a constant basis, and some of these comments by accident were recorded. Um, The the way this happened was uh, he was on his um, regular telephone in his office and unbeknownst to him his cell phone was also connected to another phone which automatically records the message. And so even though the recording didn't record all of the words you know perfectly because it was in his pocket there was plenty enough for people to understand what he was saying and it it was very inappropriate and this guy hung on for I would say at least a year he he recently um, was basically asked to leave and this is a government position and he did leave and he's gone now Um, but it's just incredible to me that something like this can happen over such a long period of time and nothing happens until it gets, you know, really bad. Uh, he was actually voted um, by the people that work for him, uh, 95% a vote of no confidence. So so that was sort of the impetus for him, uh, you know, quote-unquote retiring. Um, so, yeah, it happens... All over the place, where people have their own agendas, uh, people don't act like they should, and also the people overseeing them don't oversee them properly. Um, and it, it really is amazing. You just you just don't know what's really going on. You know, it's one of those things where, like you say, you don't know the details, so you don't really know. What's happening? Um, there's so many things that we don't know, and, and we have to be able to make decisions uh, because you have to make a decision, right? In fact, the one that you just brought up was going to be my first story this week, <laughs> the transact card. Um, uh, and I'll mention it here um, just for people to find later on. There's a story here, December fifteenth, 2023, and the, he- the headline is Bangor Bank. Denies partnership with transact card, so that's the story Peter was talking about, and it's on behind m l m um but but that is an example of you know somebody saying something, and it turns out the bank just denied any kind of uh, you know involvement with transact card now you know is is the bank telling the truth is transact card telling the truth? We don't know because we just don't know all the details and what's going on behind the scenes. It, it really is a remarkable thing. But the bottom line is if you're looking at making a decision, because you do have to make a decision, right, either to be involved in trans, Transact Card or not, that's a decision. And, and so you have to take in as much information as you can that's available and make a decision. That, that's that's just what we all have to do. <clears throat> so, um, but it, it is a uh, situation where, like you say, these these anti MLM Huns, um, you know, they take one or two facts and they they get really dramatic and they wave their arms and they snarl their faces and you know they're just really upset, but they really don't know anything. They, they really, you know, just just don't know what what to say, and, and so they do the drama thing and. That's what we have on on social media. Unfortunately, um, it'd be nice if if there was more people that would look at the facts and get more information and then make an informed decision, but there aren't too many of those um, out there. Uh, I think we're two of them to where you don't just jump to a conclusion, you say, well, that's interesting, let's see how this plays out. Um, But in the interim, you have to make a decision, right? If you're looking at something, either get involved or don't get involved and, and so you have to make that decision one way or the other um so yeah good good conversation any anything more on that one
0: no it's just um it's like i said it just it, it was a it's a really hot topic because that's a company that's drawing a lot of attention and it's really easy to be on one side or the other and um When they came out with what they were doing, with who they were doing with, I don't have a lot of confidence in Richard Smith. I'll just say that based on his previous track record. Just because he couldn't do it before doesn't mean he can't do it now. But there's always been false promises that have never been delivered and a lot of people getting hurt along the way, so I'm more on the distributor side. And then all I know is that I don't know. So I do know that if a guy says something on a conference call – that can be picked up, and then people start drawing their own conclusions. I mean, you don't know if uh, – is the relationship under the, the word transact card? Is the relationship under some other entity? Um, so the, the guy you called from Bangor Bank, um, when you said, are you doing business with transact card, he, he, he said truthfully no, because he is not aware of anything with transact card, but maybe they have it under some other company name and they're doing that for whatever business reasons, not necessarily nefarious business reasons, you just don't know. But everybody in this, not everybody in this industry, but everybody in a lot of industries, add drama to it. They do a lot of stupid things. And they make a lot of stupid decisions, or they make a lot of stupid videos. And it's just something to just kind of, like, take a look at. So I, I just mentioned that only because that's just the, I guess it's human nature. It's its part of experience, I think, based on, you know, my vast experience in mismanagement of other people uh, through, you know, my previous background. And I just, when I was an area VP, I said, I want to minimize whatever we can in this miscommunication gap or this communication gap uh, because I think it's harmful for everybody. A lot of wasted energy here and a lot of wasted drama. But the reality was is that that's going on and it's on, the, on that website. So I just wanted to mention that. Now, I'll, I'm going to jump to a totally different, totally different website. Um, I don't usually check Business for Home very often, but I I sometimes do when I know we're going to be talking about different things. And I went to uh, Business for Home, and up on the very top, I saw one from uh, a headline about Courtney Epps and um, how she was arrested for doing whatever she's doing. And I know of Courtney, meaning that she was on our radio show a couple of times uh, being brought on by a gal named Sue Brenchley. And Sue's, like, really super good. I mean, Sue's, Sue's like, really super good, made a ton of money in this industry, still does. And she uh, brought on Courtney Epps to talk about the tax advantages of home-based businesses. So if you ever want to hear it, just go to com, look for Courtney Epps, and you'll be able to see or listen to the previous radio shows we did with Courtney But Courtney, I don't know, like weird, something weird happened. Again, can't draw any conclusions, but she was down in southern, southern Florida, around the Florida Keys, and driving like a maniac on the wrong side of the road, acting like somebody who's possessed or on drugs or worse. Mental breakdown, I think, is what's up there. And Ted Knighton, you know, the great man that he is, decides that he wants to write an article about Courtney Epps, how she was arrested for whatever she was arrested for. Um, and I just said, you know, that's another great example of like what kind of conclusion are you gonna draw here? I could probably tell about twenty different stories on what might have happened to Courtney. Now I don't I don't know Courtney well enough, but I mean what kind of conclusions are you gonna draw? And um, you know, so I don't know. I just I just put it up there just as one again, wild example of maybe somebody who had a really bad day or somebody who might have been on under the influence either purposely or not purposely but just like you know the airline pilot if you if you heard the story about the airline pilot who was uh in the cockpit basically like a jump seat um who then tried to shut off the engines um is now arrested of course facing huge charges of trying to kill people you know he said oh it was you know basically i had these uh, mushrooms, and uh, unfortunately I had a bad reaction to the mushrooms, and I thought we were all going to die or whatever. He's possessed, and he was going to kind of turn off the, all the engines for whatever reason. And now he's going, you know, now he's in jail or was in jail or whatever's going to happen with him. I don't know. But again, who knows what the story might be? But you just got to really watch out by drawing any conclusions while you go to things you just don't know anything about. So I felt I felt bad when I read it. I don't know anything about Courtney other than she's a really good tax account, a tax attorney or tax accountant, and she ran a really big business. She focused on home based businesses. We did a couple of conference. Uh, I'm sorry, building Fortress radio shows with her, and um, it was uncharacteristic for her to be able to reach that headline. But then again, you never know what's going on. So anyway, so back to you, Scott.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's people that. Um you know, ingest fentanyl unknowingly. So we don't know. You know, it'll play out. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some anti MLMers out there doing some drama stories about that, like they always do. Um, And we'll find out eventually. You know, there's no need to come to conclusions when there's no evidence but that's what they do they 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 go for the drama they go for you know like you said eyeballs views all that kind of stuff um and and it's it's unfortunate because while they're doing all of that they're not paying attention to tool scams and retail sales <laughs> and so and so they're they're just ignoring the fundamentals while they're doing all this drama and that's what's uh interesting i guess you could say um now i don't look at business for home very often either. Um, It it shocked me here. I was reading Courtney's story. Right next to her story, uh, there's a headline that says Amway Review ranked as A-plus opportunity for 2024. (laughs) 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 And and the story starts out as, in 2022, Amway reported an impressive revenue of uh, $8.1 billion dollars with up to 29% potentially being paid out in commissions, so that's interesting um, on a couple of levels. One is, yeah, it was 8.1 billion, but the year before I think it was 8.8 or 8.9 billion. They actually went back quite a bit last year, and in February or somewhere in that time frame, we're going to be able to um, see what it was for 2023. That's when those figures normally come out. Is February, sometimes it goes as long as March and April, but um, typically it's February. And and 29% is not exactly um, a a high bar in the MLM industry as far as um, the bonus payout percentage compared to, you know, the product uh, price. So, uh, now I thought that was really good. But then I looked over on the other side of the page, and there's another company that was rated – Double A plus, not just A plus like Amway, but double A plus. And then if you scroll down a little bit, there's a third company that was ranked triple A plus for 2024. So, so I thought Amway was doing good, but, you know, they're already two levels at least behind the, the uh, top uh, grade there. So anyway, yeah, Ted's an interesting guy. He'll he'll do anything for a buck, literally, yep. anything for a buck. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a good that's a good example of, okay, that happened. There's no other facts. Let's see where this thing plays out. We just don't know. So
0: yeah, and what what is the relevance What is the relevance to MLM here besides the idea that she's an MLM you know an MLM person?
1: Yeah, it's just an opportunity to poke fun of an MLM person. That, that's, that's the whole stick, you know, you've got these rabid anti-MLMers, not just the people that, um, make the videos, but all these people that follow them and, and watch their videos, you know, over and over and over again, uh, it, it's the same people that are watching these videos and, and they can't get enough of the drama. You know, they just love the drama and they come to immediate conclusions, even when there's no evidence. Um, but that's what they do. They're just not like you say. Oh, by the way, I, I meant to mention th- the definition of 100 in an IQ test. It, it's literally the 50 percent point. 50 percent are below 100, and 50 percent are above 100. That's the whole design of an IQ test. So it's really incredible that um, that that the uh, Bard uh website could not answer that simple question um because that is how an IQ test is designed it, it's the average person is 100 so 50% are above and 50% are below that's just the way it is you still there can you hear me Hello? 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 Peter, can you hear me? Hello? (laughs) Hello, Peter.